Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scoopy Radio. In your area code. On a plane. On a train. Outside your window, everywhere you want to be, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Make sure, most importantly, you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast on all platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, App, Stitcher app, everywhere in between. And make sure to also visit ScoopBRadio.com. 2.5 million streams this year, 2 million streams last year. And we're on a roll. And on the line right now is a guy that I kind of made fast friends with over the weekend. It's the guy from Freezing Cultic, Fred Siegel, founder, operator, CEO, all of the above. Fred, welcome to Scoop B Radio. Thanks for having me, Scoop B. So I want to start with this, man. I think it's pretty cool. I've heard about you guys. I've never wanted to be on you guys' thing, but... It was to my advantage to be on it, the Kentucky uh, Seton Hall game over the weekend. I, I tweeted probably six minutes before a, a, a win by Seton Hall, but basically said that Seton Hall was going to upset Kentucky. They went to overtime, and um, I, I was exposed to uh, the trollers and the laughing of, of just some um, people uh, coming at me uh, based upon my prediction, which ended up being right. I want to know how often that actually happens where you may prematurely tweet something and it comes true. Yeah, probably like it's happened 50 or a hundred times. Happens really? a lot because I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play to the crowd as the game's going on. In your situation, it, there was 1.4 seconds left in the game and Seton Hall just made a great shot and um, Kentucky had to go the length of the floor and they were down three and you tweeted that, Seton Hall was about to upset Kentucky, and then Kentucky made a half-court shot to tie it. Well, um, when you stated that Seton Hall was going to upset Kentucky, and then they made the half-court shot, I, I'm trying to uh, have fun with it, and put, that's the only window I can retweet that where it's good. So I did it, and if it came back to bite me, it did, which it did. <laughs> but I think people understood that your sentiments when you tweeted it was that they were going to win the game there. Yeah, not in overtime. <laughs> so, yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, nevertheless, yeah, it happens a lot. But even when it does, um, it's not a big deal because then someone will make fun of me about it, but it just gives me more exposure. It, it gave us both more exposure, Scoopy Radio. On the yeah. For a single you I mean, that game, man, that game was, was going the distance, but um, that half-court shot that was hit to the sit into overtime, I mean, that that was pure luck. And Seton Hall had to kind of be Rocky Balboa and win it in overtime, which they did. Yeah, and in the whole overtime, I thought that they were going to lose. They were losing most of the overtime. Mm-hmm. And I was putting together this whole clip montage uh, with the shots in it where the tweets would pop up, and I was going to post it the second that they lost and the game was over. But <laughs> they came back in the, in the last minute and won, so I had to just scrap it. But that happens a lot where I'm making something and I want to post it like right after the game ends, and um, I end up getting burned with it. Uh, so uh, it, the trials and tribulations of a cold take uh, Twitter feed, Instagram feed guy. Right there. No, that's fair. First, we online talking with Scoopy Radio. One thing that I found very interesting uh, as I was preparing for this interview with you, you have a six-figure job to start cold takes. Why? Yes. <laughs> well, because I didn't like my six-figure job. I was an attorney. Okay. And um, it's not something you just do like on, on the fly. You, when I was, when I was, when I started the freezing cold takes feed. I was an attorney and that was my gig and that's what I thought I would be doing for the rest of my life. But when you start doing something that you enjoy, um, and, and, and let me put, let me say this. It's not really that I enjoy. It's not the concept of cold taking is which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I do, but like, I didn't, I didn't say I want to be a cold take guy for the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be a, um, content provider for sports on the internet for the rest of my career. Uh, so there's a difference. Like I, I don't, I plan on doing a lot more than just this, but this is really what's gotten me to be able to, um, to start where I am. And then you kind of branch out. But when I was doing as an attorney, I was an attorney for eight years and for like two years of it, the last two years, I was trying to find my way out. And then one day I just said, yeah, it's got to be that. It's gotta be, I just got to leave. But I had to convince my wife I have two kids and everything. So, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things where you, you, you got to do what you want to do. And I'm making a lot less money now, I'll tell you that, at this moment. But you're happier when you do what you want to do, Scoop. You know, it's like uh, what you want to be doing, something you're making more money, and then you're not podcasting as much or – looking for you know, scoops or talking about basketball. Sure. Uh, you'd be a lot less happy. I couldn't imagine life without basketball. It'd be pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you get to a point, a tipping point. For sure. For sure. The Scoopy Radio Online with Fred Sigal. You, um, more specifically, uh, for those listening, uh, you left a position um, as a healthcare transactional attorney I'm reading this in Sports Business Chronicle. Um, and two situations played an integral part in boosting uh, freezing cold takes to scroll file. First, I uh, was sending around a radio segment. Shout out from Michael K. Uh, on this network. See ya. And then uh, he was also a broadcaster. Um, he does the Yankees. He does Yes Network. He does uh, ESPN Radio. And then um, I guess 
that is kind of what changed the game. What um what what specifically happened with Michael K? Well, Michael K was the first thing that happened. Um I was I had just started the freezing cold takes feed probably in November two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. I did it on Twitter and it was strictly for fun. Just just to get a rise out of the people who the journalists and the, the, the talking heads who make predictions. I didn't have anything to get thoughts about what it would be or anything. And one day I was driving home from work and um, Michael supposedly, I got a ton of new followers and I probably only had a thousand followers at the time. And I wrote a tweet. Why did I get so many new followers? And it turned out that Michael K had, had uh, and he has a radio show in New York. Had mentioned it on his show. I don't know how he found it, but he mentioned the feed. So at that point, I saw someone had taken notice. And then two months later, the big thing that happened was the Sports Illustrated picked it up and did like a whole article on it. And then it blew up. And in the article, he, the writer, interviewed Michael Kay and quoted him, and so. It gave, I guess it gave it more credibility, but once the Sports Illustrated article came out, that's when it blew up. And this was probably in February 2016. Do you think that you made journalists nervous? Um, some, I think, to an extent, I uh, when they post things on Twitter, I think that they think about it sometimes and um, craft the way that they're going to make their predictions in a certain way. Um, but I don't know how much I'm changing, like the way that they do things. However, what annoys them the most, and you talked about this type of thing happening to you Mm -hmm. is when they make a prediction and then immediately 50 people tag me to them. (laughs) That's, that's what bothers them the most. I mean, that's, that gets under, that gets under their skin the most. And that's why if they if they do dislike me, that's why. More than me posting their old takes. That's really the main source of angst against uh, the feed. Let me follow that up by asking, do you think that it annoys them more than it keeps them accountable or vice versa? I think it annoys them more than anything. And I think it also annoys them when a lot of the people who are following me will tag me to anything, even if it's not really even a take. Like, even if I would never post it, it doesn't really even qualify. It doesn't make sense for them to tag me, but they'll still do it anyway. And then the journalists have to get the last word. It's not even a take. You know, this is not what we, you shouldn't even be tagging me to this. This is you know, just a, a troll on the internet. Like, they're ever going to win that argument because trolls don't care. But uh, that's what annoys them the most. Did you ever have um, a desire to be a sports journalist, or to, to, to yeah, I guess did you have a desire to do that? No, never. I, I mean, oh, it's like maybe there's growing up, but uh, in some way, but you never do it. But never, I never desired to do it. I think a lot more people now desire to be commentators because there's so many more platforms and avenues people to commentate without having a specific job at a specific newspaper or a specific publication. Like you can start, you can start uh, your own podcast, Scoopy Radio, 
for no money with no backing. I mean, it doesn't cost any money to start. And you could do it yourself and say whatever you want. Back when I was growing up, um, I, I, mean, I graduated high school in 1999. The internet was just out, but we didn't have like platforms for us to create our own content. So I think there's back then it's like you have to really start out and be, want to be a journalist from day one or you're just going to do something else. But now it's different. I think every, there's so many people who just want to be a commentator and they have so many people who commentate on anything. They, they choose um, regardless of how many people listen or not, but you, you could find a way to, to, to do it now anywhere. I tell people as a writer uh, who also has a podcast uh, and and has relationships with athletes and public figures that there are two people um, that are a reporter's dream because they answer questions and give you content for days. And this is, of course, entertainment, sports, and politics. And there's two people that come to mind, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump uh, and uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, I can put the reporter (laughs) down. And just let them talk and pick and choose quotes all day. Uh, comparatively speaking, who would you say uh, is a Twitter's dream uh, for your platform uh, to get hella content? And you know, people are going to retweet and like and, and give you views. Uh, for that. There's plenty of people. Skip Bayless gets a, but Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and Colin Cowherd all will uh, generate an enormous amount of traffic if anything is talked about with them. It, 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 anybody who is disliked strongly or um, has a stigma to them that they are you know, a, a, a kind of a larger than just a person stigma about them is going to get a substantial amount of, of uh, traffic. Now, I could tell you, LeVar Ball, that guy, you post anything about him, automatic substantial amount of traffic. Um, and yet everybody says that they're tired of him. <laughs> so, you know, to me, I don't really care what he says or does. If he, but if he does something that's noteworthy, I'm going to post it if it's related to my feed. Um, you know, guys like that, anybody, uh, anybody who people dislike a lot, uh, you know, Clay Travis, he does anything, I'll get 30,000 tweets um, adding me to him. Um, you know, those guys like that, it's, uh, it's, those are the types that are going to get the most, even though people say that they never want to see or listen to them. Stephen A is one of those guys too. I mean, everyone clowns him, but man, he brings the traffic. Who would you say um, over the last few years since uh, starting your platform uh, in the media you've actually made good with and made friends with uh, based upon your platform? Um, well, friends, I, I don't know if I've ever really met anybody, but I think that all the journalists and the, um, all the journalists and the, uh, talking heads and anyone in media, they all know about the feed and in some ways have interacted with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know how many people I've made that are friends, but I could, I could talk to them. DMs. Now, this is this is important. Uh, not important, I would say, but funny. I'll get a lot of DMs from people, high level people in the media, who's mm-hmm. like sending me something to to post 
about someone that they may not like in the media, a bad take, so because they can't do it. And they'll say, don't say I sent it to you. Hmm. So <laughs> happens a lot. And then you get to kind of figure out who doesn't like who. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting to, to, to say the least. Like, uh, you kind of get this, uh, you kind of feel out, like, who doesn't like who, who is disliked the most, things like that. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Without naming names, is any of that surprising to you? No. I mean, it's just another, it's just like any other job or fraternity. When I was a lawyer, um, when I was a lawyer in, you know, I grew up in South, from South Florida. I live in South Florida now in West Palm Beach, but I was practicing in Miami. And when, when I, within the confines of kind of like the South Florida law community, it's the same thing. People don't like each other. People kind of talk behind each other's backs. And, um, within the confines of your professionalism, it's the same thing with the journalists. They, they don't like each other. A lot of them, a lot of them are jealous. Jealousy is a big, a big proponent in journalism. A lot of people don't believe that uh, a certain person should be at the platform that they have. People think that they've worked harder um, and they get jealous because of it and probably makes them want to send me their takes. Those people's takes to post. Scoopy Radio on the line with Fred Siegel talking jealousy, talking cold takes exposed, talking sports. Who who were your teams growing up? Dolphins, South Florida teams, Dolphins, Miami Heat, um, and the, the Florida Marlins when they came out in 1993. I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. and um, University of Florida. Uh, probably the most passion in our family comes from University of Florida sports, basketball, football. My dad went there, a big, huge fan, and I graduated from University of Florida as well. So uh, that's really – we love college football and college basketball, and that's my team. But in terms of – we had season tickets to the Miami Dolphins back when Marina was there, mm-hmm. and it was great. Uh, and we had season tickets to the Heat. My dad worked downtown right across the street from the arena. So we used to go to those games too. I mean, the Heat became really big with LeBron. I mean, really took the city by storm. But Miami, I grew up there. Very fair weather, very fair weather fans. Yeah, you aren't winning, they're not coming. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me something. When you look at LeBron, um, obviously – Drafted by Cleveland, came to Miami, left Miami, went back to Cleveland, left Cleveland, went to L.A. From a Miami perspective, did you understand the point of view that Cleveland had the first his, after his first stint with them? And how does Miami take to him post-Miami? Um, I, I don't – I think Miami post-Miami, I understood why he, I didn't think he was going to leave. It kind of caught us by surprise. Like, we were wondering why we'd ever go back mm-hmm. um, after he's been in Miami. Miami has this has this complex about them or much superior than Cleveland right. in every way. Yeah, so, <laughs> But to him, to LeBron, we, we realized that to LeBron, that's not true because that's where he grew up and he just loves Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And no one could understand that except for him. So 
But now I think LeBron was kind of just like a blip, uh, uh, flyby guy to people in Miami. I don't think people care too much about him. They don't. Uh, they disliked him a lot when he left. Um, but I think now they, they don't really care that much about him. But they've kind of embraced Dwayne Wade a lot more. Like Dwayne Wade is the guy in Miami now. Um, even more now. Especially once he came back. He has been kind of there's in Miami, growing up in Miami, there is there are there are two athletes in from Miami that are beloved by everybody. It used to be just one. The most beloved athletes in in, in Miami. One is Dan Marino and now Dwayne Wade. And those two, that's it. There's nobody who even comes close to those guys. And Dwayne Wade's really been embraced. And I think it has a lot to do with the LeBron thing. Because once he came back and, you know, he stayed with the Heat, and he's just, he is the face of the franchise. What do you remember most about Dwayne Wade? Obviously, because we're around the same age, and I know that I was in college when they won the championship in 2006. Um, or, excuse me, when, well, more, more so just, the, the, the aura that they had when, you know, you added Shaq, you added uh, Alonzo Mourning, he came back from the kidney injury, all those different things. What do you remember most about Wade? Well, I think with Dwayne Wade, he's just always been the Miami Heat guy. Um, young, great player, and really kind of embraced everything that he the, – the fashion, the style, hmm. uh the just he embraced everything about Miami and from the second he got here and especially when he rose up to be a superstar mm-hmm. he became that guy and he's kind of become Miami uh and, and and really kind of gets it like I don't think that there's ever been a player who's come down here who's really really a lot of the morning maybe a lot of the morning is loved down here too and it took him a while to get that back my lot of morning is Miami guy uh, he just does, he just doesn't have it on the court the same level as Dwayne Wade does. But he's you know there's a high school named after him here. But um, he Dwayne Wade just embraced Miami, and from and even when LeBron came, it was kind of towards the end. LeBron knew he had to take over, but Dwayne Wade kind of just personified the Miaminess of the Heat and kind of took it to another level. And that's really what Dwayne Wade is and was and always be. And he's really taken, taken it to another level now. I mean, you can just see he's really into father time and um, he's like, he just be, he's becoming an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Ever since he came back from uh, Cleveland and he asked to become back, he's kind of just taken this ambassador role. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what he's going to keep doing. That's what Alonzo Mourning did. And he's been doing it forever. But I think Dwayne Wade's going to take it to another level. What I always thought about uh, Miami, and I thought it was pretty cool, you walk into uh, the arena, you see Michael Jordan's jersey retired, you see Dan Marino's jersey retired. That being said, do you ever see Miami retiring LeBron, LeBron James's jersey? I don't know. They retired Shaq's. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think that they're going to. I just don't. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, they probably end up doing it. Miami is Miami's all about ceremonies and and yeah. they'll do it just to have LeBron up there. They're into ceremonies. They're into to 
you know, like marketing and showing themselves all the people connected to Miami and all that kind of stuff. The, the glamour of it. I mean, I, I didn't even understand why they did Shaq's jersey. I, I feel like people like Tim Hardaway deserve it more than Shaq. I agree about the Tim Hardaway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tim Hardaway was the guy. When the morning teams, that, those, that's when I was in high school. We used to go to mm-hmm. all the games. Oh, man. I love those teams. We had, we had one of the biggest grinders. Pat Riley loved him. P.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we had Tim Hardaway. And, you know, those guys in morning. Dan Marley. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They'll probably end up doing it. They'll probably end up doing it. I, I don't think they should. I mean, he's, he was there for four years. He gave us two titles, but, uh, you know, he just doesn't – he's not a heat guy. Like, people look back at LeBron's career, and they don't think heat. You know, it's interesting you say that because when Jason Kidd was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I asked a couple of my friends, I said, does he retire a net? Like, if you you see his picture, does he retire a net? Does he retire a Maverick? Some people say net. Some people say Maverick. LeBron, obviously, I mean, he should, it should be the Nets for Kidd. I mean, when he won the title with the Mavericks, he wasn't the primary guy. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it should be the Nets. I mean, that's where Jason Kidd became Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and LeBron, I guess he – the whole Miami thing is just – it's kind of just like it was a stop by. Mm-hmm. Like a rental. It seems like more like a rental. Uh, to and I think the Heat fans feel that way about him, but they loved him. I mean, we loved him when he was here. And the second he left, nah, kind of <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that's why I was like guys like Marino. He stayed the whole career. Yeah. Miami people loved Dan Marino. Yeah. For sure, and that Wade, that guy. There's no one even close in this city. Mm-hmm. Those two guys. Uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a very fair weather city when it comes to sports. There's, there's people who really like their team and they'll love it, but there's not it's not it's not like uh, it's not the same as Cubs fans or you know like the diehard Cubs fans or like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Fresh Siegel, uh checking in with Scoopy Radio, talking freezing cold take. You see a lot of uh, Knicks networks. You saw TMZ take gossip and news and flip it and make it something of its own and it's a leading news source. Uh, do you see anything similar uh, happening in the next 10 years with freezing cold take worth more than just Twitter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clips. Uh, I think more people are a bit noticing what's going on in video. And in um, and your newspapers are a little bit, like articles are a little bit out there, but it's mostly video you'll see, or someone making a an Instagram post or or something like that. But video is really kind of people love video. On my Instagram page, I'll get the most traffic through video. People love the video, little video clips of people saying things that didn't turn out to be true, or during a game, someone says, "Oh, he's not going to score there," and then they score. Stuff like that. So the best because they're real time. You didn't have that back in the day when you had to write an article after the game. True. If a team came back and won, 
all that real-time stuff, all those real-time reactions, when people have time to think about it, what they're going to say, what they're going to do, it's not the same. Uh, it's so a person gets traded person signed that team's going to win the championship people quote that maybe if they thought about it for 24 hours they won't say it true you got me thinking brother scoopy red line before i go get out of here um i'm curious to know what's the best piece of advice that you've received from people as you started your platform and how much backlash did you get from people uh, in your circle for leaving a good job to start this network? Um, well, I think the best advice you get for leaving what you're doing, I think that there gets to be a point. I think, I think when you think to yourself that you want to do something else or you want to do something drastic with your life, um, you should sit on it for a decent period of time, a couple months. And if it keeps nagging at you and you know that it is the right thing to do, then you have to sit there and find a way to do it. And um, because it's just you're not going to be fulfilled with yourself if you're doing something you don't want to do. And I can tell you right now that I don't know what's going to happen with freezing cold takes, but I know that I'll never regret leaving practice of law. Hmm. So, so if you can get that feeling where you're never going to, you know, you're never going to regret it no matter what happens then do it. But in terms of what the t- type of advice, you just have to trust yourself and be yourself. So if you see everybody has different types of personalities, and if you see somebody, so let's say you see somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who uh, kind of goes at, all these guys like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, right? Uh-huh. They go out on a limb and um, they create, and Stephen A. Smith will yell and scream and do all of his uh, pro- pro- self-promotion. And, but that's who he is. It may be exaggerated a little bit, but that's the type of personality he has. That's the type uh-huh. of per- he has the personality to be able to do that. When he, someone else looks at that and says, I need to, to do that, to become big, but you don't, you don't have that personality. You don't have that in you. Then you're going to, it's going to look really bad. It's going to look, you're not going to make it. You have to find what, what's in within yourself. that fits your personality and create it that way. And if you feel uncomfortable doing something and you, then don't do it because it's not going to work. So you just have to be comfortable with it. You have to be able to do, be able to take chances and risks and do things, but still be with comfortable within yourself when you're doing it. That's, because uh, I get a lot of advice that I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this to be bigger. And some of it I'm just not comfortable with. And I know I wouldn't be comfortable, so I can't do it. Because it's just not going to be something that it's going to work because I'm not going to enjoy it and I'm not going to do it well. Um, like guys like guys like Stephen A and Colin Coward, they do they're the best at what they do the manner they do it. Uh they're the best Stephen A is the best self promotional debater guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no one else who's better than him at that. Uh and it takes a lot of work, I'm sure. As much as people think it's cheap, which it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's cheap. It could be cheap. But yeah, he's he's okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the 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 uh, the rant that he had about Kevin Durant uh, a year or two ago, just about you know who Stephen A. talked to in his camp as far as sources go, and Stephen A. doesn't know anything. It came from you know Kevin Durant, uh, what he was deciding to do, and it became rather than Kevin Durant's intentions or plans. And a morning shoot around, Stephen A. Smith became the story. Yeah, yeah. It helped him, I guess. Sometimes when Stephen A. Smith goes overboard, I, I think he's embarrassed about it. Uh, but for the most part, he knows what gets him, uh, what, 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 what makes him his money. He makes a lot of money. Um, I think the players just have to ignore it. Uh, guys yeah. like Kevin Durant can't ignore the noise. <laughs> um, but you know, like Kevin Durant backs it up. I, I feel like people, you know, Kevin Durant, it seems to be very sensitive and kind of like a baby. But and when it comes down to it, in the finals the past two years, he's dominated. Yes. Uh, and so it doesn't really hurt him. Uh, it just it's a bad look. I don't know. Um, if he's going to keep dominating, then why does it really even matter? I mean, he, he shouldn't care, but it is what it is. Scoop be ready on the line with Flex Eagle talking all things uh, sports, uh, freezing cold takes, and more. What's next for 2019? Um, well, I'm starting to, tr- starting to try to branch out into different types of uh, platforms for uh, different types of, I guess, sub niches to create for media uh, on social media. Like if you guys go, I just started a, a, a feed in Instagram. Um, I started literally three days ago. It's called this day in sports clips. And I love researching and everything. So each day, so it'll be like January, today's December 9th. Um, I posted the clip of Tracy McGrady scoring 13 points in 33 seconds to beat the, Rockets in 2004. I mean, to beat the Spurs in 2004. Uh, so you post it, and then there was Eric Dickerson broke the NFL record for rushing in 1984. I have a clip of that. Each day I'm posting and posting it. It's so much fun for me, and I want to start. Cre- I love history, sports history, mm-hmm. facts. Uh, so I want to start creating more feeds that really tailor to that. And um, in, in terms of freezing cold takes, I'm just going to keep going and growing it. Uh, I have, at, you know, I get paid decent money to post certain things for people, um, and create uh, content for some. So it's it's uh, it's going there. I mean, I don't make as much as I do as an attorney. I'll tell you that, <laughs> my wife will tell me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it's fun. I mean, I just look up sports stuff all day. So it's going to get bigger. Uh, I want to create more platforms and more, not more, more uh, niches. Um, because I, I don't want to be just a freezing cold take guy. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got to go, but I want to say thank you, man. I'm glad we met and um, can continue to do what you're doing. You're following your passion. I like it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Scoop. You're welcome, uh, I appreciate you having me on and I'm looking forward to listening.
Yes, sir. And you guys are going to get me one of these days. I know it. <laughs> I said you guys are going to get me one of these days. Oh, yeah. Well, you're on the hook for that Durant to <laughs> L.A. I can't tell you that. Yes. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to answer it way more than me, I'm sure. If Durant doesn't go to L.A., everyone will be coming after you on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you'll have to have a mea culpa of some sort if that happens. Um, it's always risky doing something that early because Durant could have decided that he's going to L.A. now. And then something changes. So. It'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, thanks again. My man, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Scoop B Radio. Hey, everyone. It's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.